Ridley on third down. It is intercepted, and it's the freshman Chandler Rivers who's been all over the place to seal the victory for Duke. Mike Elko avoided the Gatorade path at first, but he couldn't get out of the way ultimately. And he is at the center of a blue and white bomb. Well, we thought we were done, but the powers to be, i.e. you the fans, decided that we had to come back for one more episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kennedy, and as always, I'm joined by Josh Cox, Scott Medlin, Jamie Holt, and producer Justin Sykes. And what a way to cap off this tremendous first season under Mike Elko and the Elko era beginning with Duke taking home the Military Bowl 30-13 to over the Central Florida Knights. And as always, before we give our initial thoughts on all things Duke and winning the Military Bowl, here's head coach Mike Elko postgame after the big win. Couldn't be more proud of this group, what I just told them down in the locker room. You know, from, from where this team was and this program was, walking off the field at the end of the 2021 season, uh, to walking off the field today as the 2022 Military Bowl champions. Uh, nobody can understand the amount of work that went into that, the amount of character that went into that. Um, this is not a day and age where people grind through hard times, uh, where people stay and stick together. Um, you know, everybody in our organization that ended the season showed up here today to be part of this bowl. Every coach, every player, um, you don't see that. And, and this group is special and this program is special. Uh, and what this university's football team is going to be about in the future is really special. And I think today was just a testament to all of that. A lot of great culture, a lot of great character, um, and then some really good football. And uh, just appreciate everybody who's been part of this thing from day one. Couldn't be more proud of this team. Couldn't be proud of the, more, more proud of the guys in the locker room and where this thing has come. And so what a fitting way to end this first story and this first book of Duke football. And you know now it's on to, to the next and bigger and better things. But just appreciate everybody in our program. Appreciate everyone in our locker room. And again, that was head coach Mike Elko as he talked after the Blue Devils' fourth straight Bowl win, as far as appearances go, we have not lost a bowl game since, I believe, 2013. Fellas, hold me to that. 13. All right. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the Manziel Bowl. But as I stated, Duke winning 30-13 to 13 over a very talented Central Florida night school. And, fellas, let's just go ahead. We didn't think we were going to get together, but here we are. The fans wanted us to come back, so we always listen to you, the fans. Y'all keep the lights on for us. I think I speak for all of us when I say this is exactly how this season needed to be capped off with a huge win over a very talented AAC opponent. What a yeah. great experience. Go ahead, Jamie. I mean, what a great experience. Like, just Annapolis was beautiful. You know, it, the the weather was perfect. We couldn't have asked for a better day for the game. Scott was uh, sweating. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, it could have been brutal because just a couple of days before it was in the 20s. Like, so it was just perfect weather. The tailgate, hard hat guys, shout out hard hat guys, amazing. There was so many people there. Uh, all the people that came for Jordan Moore, like, oh man, his family, his friends from his high school, you know, just it was amazing to see all the people from his former high school just coming out to support him. Like, you could tell how, how tight-knit of a community that was. Our pep talk, 
pre-tailgate from uh, Jordan Moore's dad, Percy, Mr. Moore. That was that was fantastic. Had me ready to hit somebody. Uh, and then the game. I mean, the game was was great. Shout out to Josh for calling it, saying that he he thought that we would we would blow him out. I thought it would be closer. I thought thought UCF would give us a give us a fight, but uh, they they really didn't. It was maybe the first quarter there it was it was close but then from then on out it was all duke and it really probably could have been way worse it probably could have been you know 45 to 13 or even worse uh if we would have taken advantage of of a few things but other than that just a great great day and i i just had a blast up there yeah let me say to echo i'm not gonna repeat everything jamie said um because i agree with it 100 percent let me just say this. If you have never um, done a bowl game experience, I want to encourage you um, to, to make the time, save the money, do what you got to do. Um, and I say this, I hope you understand this. Even if we'd have lost the game, um, I would have still had a blast. I'm hanging out with Duke fans, um, getting to know fans. Shout out Regina. Our friend from California made the flight, came and hung out at the tailgate, um, is very active in our Facebook group, all that good stuff. And then obviously others. Um, there are other people we saw. Um, I do want to give a huge shout out to Tiffany um, Horton for helping organize the families, parents, to the hard hat guys for putting in the work. Yeah, and to the Moors. Um, Jordan's family really came through there. And so we had a great time. And then the game, I mean, we did dominate. They had the number one offensive line in non-Power 5 football. And it, and we won the battle. The defensive line won the battle in the trenches. Six sacks. Uh, Cam Dillon with a couple of them. Shout out Cam Dillon. Can't wait to see you back next year. Hint, hint. Um, I, and I'm not breaking news there. I'm literally trying to get him to come back next year. Um, Trey Freeman playing well. Darius Joyner was like he was shot out of a cannon, uh, hitting the uh, definitely the fourth best best Plumley uh, quarterback at UCF. Uh, just an incredible game, and I've got to give all credit to the staff, Coach Elko, Coach Smith, Coach Johns. Uh, it looked like even after this month that we had off, basically, that the team was ready to play. They were focused, they were locked in, and we came in and took care of business. Of course, Riley. Leading the way on offense, Jaquez Moore had a really good day. Uh, Brian's boy. And, um, man, what a way to go. What a way to send out uh, our seniors. Um, and, yeah, it was just a really incredible, incredible day. When you mentioned Regina Lee, Josh, I don't think you were around, but she told us that the only reason why she flew from where she flew was because of us in the podcast. So, Regina, that meant a lot. Thanks. I wasn't expecting to hear that yesterday. But, I mean, again, to Josh's point, I could echo what him and Jamie just said. All of our love letter guys had great games. Um, Todd yeah, Polino. Todd, 48-yarder, baby. Yeah, Todd, Todd was great. We were close enough to uh, the field to where Josh would yell out his name and Todd would kind of look up and wonder who's the creepy guy yelling at me and then realize it was Josh. Um, we were fortunate to sit with the family. Uh, a lot of the family was around us for for players. Uh, but yeah, Jaquez did great. Riley, of course, Jamie's guy, 
after the first touchdown, Riley was uh, man crushing like that. Dwayne did great. The defense did great. Yeah. I don't think there was a, a hip hiccup at all when it comes to this game, other than the fact that we could not really put the final nail in the coffin earlier than what we did. But none of that matters. The fact that we, again, won, it's our fourth straight bowl win in as many appearances. And, I, and I'm going to say this, and this is something that I thought about today. If Nina King gets this episode, and I hope she's listening, Nina, go ahead, give the extension to Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. 100%. I don't care what is on the horizon next year. I don't care who we play next year. If Kansas can give Lance Leipold a freaking extension after three wins, you better give Mike Elko an extension after a nine-win season when everyone projected us to win maybe one ACC game and four games at most. Even Vegas, beginning of the year, had Duke at three and a half over under. Nina, you came on here. You told us to practice patience. We were going to practice patience. All of us were ready to practice patience. And Elko exceeded everyone's expectations. So if you really want to help this foundation continue to build, lock Mike Elko in. I don't know how many years he signed when he came on last December. Doesn't matter. Give him more money. Give him more years. Lock him in so he can build this foundation even better and we can keep going to bowl games. All right, I'm done ranting. Scott. Welcome back, Scott Medlin. Yeah, so <clears throat> I missed most of Josh's comments because my computer decided to crap out as he was talking. So forgive me. Um, man, what a, what an opportunity. What a great city Annapolis was. One of the best hosts. I mean, obviously, we were a little more involved with this bowl than we had been in any of them before. We got to see more, do more. Uh, you know, great. Everything was great except for some of the post-game stuff. And the fact that they kept showing UCF constantly on the screen and nothing about Duke or anything. But anyway, um, honestly, the guys played great. And you could see that you could see it as they came out. You could see they were ready. Um, you know, we we kind of joked about it a little bit as we were getting ready to head in from the tailgate that we would see how the game would go for Duke. They came out, got the stop, got the football, went right down the field and scored a touchdown. And uh, for every game that Duke has won this season, that was the uh, basically the recipe. And uh, honestly, I, again, I don't know if this has been covered, but the trick play was awesome. Those, some of you will get the reference, some of you will not. It reminded me of Burt Reynolds in the longest yard or Adam Sandler, depending on which version of the longest yard you've seen. Depending on if you're Brian's age or your age. This is true. <laughs> I have a few more years on Brian, and I love both of them. To be quite Who's honest, Burt Reynolds? <laughs> he was his quarterback and running back at Florida State, who, by the way, just won their bowl game. So ACC, great job. Let's go. Hey, and that team, while I'm thinking about it, that other team, that other ACC team, the Oregon Ducks, great job, baby, great yeah. job. Went for Black. it, man. Went for it Black. on fourth down. That's right. Drake May. Go Ducks. Drake May. Oh, never heard of the, the guy that was behind that dude that kept putting Riley Leonard on the scoreboard. Now, yep. That's the one time the scoreboard was right. That's yep. the best player in the league. Anyway, yep. sorry. I went on my tangent. But, yeah, great job. Look, fans were great. Um, yes. yes. I, I, I want to say this, and I, I say it not in tongue-in-cheek, but I'm going to say it. Folks, 
Wallace Wade needs to have us do that there for the seven home games next year. Yeah. It can be done. A lot of you, a lot of you folks over there yesterday, you live in this area. No excuses. Do we just want to start naming names? No, we won't. We no, won't. no, 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 no. I, look, I, I've I'm kept let, receipts all year. Listen, yeah. I'm letting Duke football do the receipts in the videos, yes. and I'm letting Brian do it on Facebook. Shout out, Zach folks. Smith. But hey, great job. Uh, again, military bowl. Look, the activities were great. The Clydesdales, that was awesome. I did, honestly, that's not something you ever think you would see up close and personal. The skydivers with the GoPro cameras above the stadium, flipping back and forth so we can see both views of it was awesome. Um, the random guy singing God Bless America that nobody knew cool. where he was or anything <laughs> like that, but he did a great job. I think he just wandered through onto the field. No one knew who he was. He grabbed a mic and just started singing. I was telling. Okay, I was talking to my dad. I got got to tell this real fast. I was talking to my dad tonight on the phone. I told him, I said, I swear that guy looked just like one of our neighbors when I was growing up. And I'm like, how the heck did he get here? (laughs) He looked like Kenny Rogers. Yeah. God bless his soul. He he wasn't a gambler like that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Can I tell a quick story? I, have... oh, I got a quick story. So we happen to be sitting beside, or I happen to be sitting beside some friends um, of Ty Linhart. Ty transferred here from Columbia. Um, he is the fourth string quarterback behind Riley, Henry Bielen, Gavin Spurrier. Um, didn't get a snap all season, but his friends were there, and they were supporting him, and they were cheering for him. And really cool moment. I, I don't. This maybe will bring some things in perspective, right? Because we all see the guys that sit on the bench, and they're there's practice team players, or you know, they never get their names mentioned by the coaches in, in you know the media or whatnot. But when they let Ty Linhart go out on that field and take that last snap, man, his his friends and family were like legitimately emotional yes. that he got on that field, and man, that was just that made it all worth it to me man that was so cool for them to see ty get out there take that last snap a meaningless kneel down victory formation snap but uh, that was just really cool and it put it does put it in perspective uh when you get to see families you know react that way i wanted to say one thing about um call out this i know y'all probably saw it but at ucf sports info or i think that's what the the at was like dude take your hell Instead of like trying to make excuses, like just just take the L, you know you got your ass. Do, do you have the tweet? Do you have the tweet pulled up? I do not, but it I'll, was... I'll, I'll I'll get it. I'll right, get it. Right, we gotta read this. We gotta read it. Yeah, yeah. Just take take your L. You got your ass kicked. He was trying to make excuses so UCF couldn't get up for two. They're basic. So UCF basically was a power five school. We'll let Brian bring up the tweet so we can actually read it. But. uh Matt Barbie had an incredible response. Matt Barbie went Twitter Jamie on him. Yeah. So many excuses. Just I mean, if you're if you're basically a P5 school, I mean you're playing another P5 school, right? So and we were middle of the pack ACC this year. And what's gonna happen when you get into the Big 12? UCF gonna get their asses kicked. Hey, they do have <laughs> I mean, a fiction on national championship, though. Yeah. And they were flying the flag for it. Yeah. Okay, I, I found it. Matt also said this was a garbage ball for Duke. I don't know if he was saying tongue-in-cheek, but I'm not going to get riled up. Anyway, UCF Sports Info tweeted, 
since UCF is basically a Power 5 team, I'm just going to say it. It's hard for a program like UCF to get up to play a team like Duke in a small-time bowl game. You can see the team isn't motivated. This is Duke's Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I mean, <sighs> more receipts. It, it, this, is, this is the equivalent of fans not knowing what to say about a team that everyone had put into the dumpster before the season started. I mean, and honestly, honestly, they're fortunate that the game wasn't like 52 to 13 or 52 to 10. Which is what it, it could really and should have been. been. We were that dominant. Easily. The, the sweater vest was very upset on yeah. the sidelines. Yeah. Oh, Gusto. Yeah, I want to read some some stats off to you guys really quick because we we didn't we realized one of these last night during the game, but there were some that I found afterwards. So Duke finished nine and four, first time since 2014. So that's been a while, eight years. They broke the single season rushing touchdown record. They finished with 30 rushing touchdowns on the year. Pretty impressive. Remember when I said this at the beginning of the year when Kevin Johns was at Texas Tech in 2018. He implemented a run-heavy offense in his first and only year, and he did exactly that. So it's going to be interesting to see what Kevin Johns does next year. Is he going to keep the same playbook, or is he going to tweak it and change it? We might go more air raid, more passing heavy. You just never know. Uh, Todd Polino, your boy, Josh, that 48-yarder was the second longest made field goal in military bowl history Behind Virginia Tech's Joey Sly back in 2014. Oh, Joey Sly, Panther, Panther, yeah. Yeah. former Panther. Ja- Jamie's getting excited now. <laughs> and former the Panther, de- great. Yeah, and the defense had six sacks in the game, a military bowl record. So we were just breaking stuff left and right. So kudos, guys. Good job. Here's a couple of season, a couple of season stats that I shared through our Twitter today, and I'm, I'll give them to you and Scott, then I'll throw it to you. Uh, Duke finished the 2022 season with a plus 16 turnover margin. Plus 16. Just so we understand how good that is. In 2021, we finished the season at minus 7. And then y'all remember 2020, right? Minus 19. Minus 19. So we finished at plus 16 turnover margin. And then this year, we only gave up 17 sacks. Riley, a quarterback, was only sacked 17 times. And we sacked the opponent's quarterback 36 times. Last year, we gave up 27 sacks and only sacked the opponent 21 times. So, you know what it tells me? We want uh, – it's coach, right? It's coach speak. It's what Mike Elko is going to say every week. We won the turnover battle and we won the trenches. For the season, won the turnover battle, and we won the trenches. So, yeah, that was only averaging one and a half sacks giving up a game. Pretty yep. impressive for 13 games. Scott? Well, I would say two of the sacks yesterday was by one Cam Dillon. Um, FYI, you have one more year. You know you need to get back in that uniform and Scott, come back one more. Uh, was, yeah, so now y'all know Scott really was gone when I was when I was talking. Yeah, he, about he was. I'm Josh sorry. was uh, fanboying and boying hard on Cam Dillon. See, for sure. Go and, ahead. and one more. Go ahead and, and, fellas, go ahead and say, go ahead and tell me so I can hear what happened. 
it, well, no, it's the I, exact I just same said thing. the same thing. Like, oh, hey, okay. one more year. We're not breaking any news here. We're just really well, trying to convince them to come back. Well, so. let me let me hit these other two things real fast I was going to mention. That was one of them. Number two, if you hadn't heard the story yet, I am the guy in the group that does not eat seafood. I am the guy at the other day that ate the chili, the child's grilled cheese plate is what Josh called it. It was a grown man sandwich, just for the record. Um, I've been sick with a cold is, for. Is about it a grown man sandwich when you get a toy with it? I don't know if it's a grown man sandwich. I didn't get the toy, toy though. They never brought it to me. And they so brought him. Was, they know? brought him a coloring sheet and crayons. So well, listen, to keep him for 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 food. If you guys haven't heard the story, because it got told a lot yesterday. Go ahead, tell it. Basically, everything food wise that happened, and I've been sick with a cold for about a month, and it's just been it's been my head and all that other stuff. And we went out to D.C. Tuesday night to eat. Well, everybody at our table got their food as we were out having playing fun and games. And the girl said, well, what would you like, sir? I ordered. And tell, them what she, you, tell them what you ordered, okay. Well, that's fine. Okay. I'll tell you, I ordered pigs in a blanket. Okay, it was an appetizer. <laughs> it looked interesting. I'm sorry. So that's what I ordered. So, of course, that was the joke the rest of the time that I was eating the kids' plates. Side of applesauce. So, so, you know, we're sitting there. She comes back. She comes back. She comes back. And she finally says, sir, did you order anything? <laughs> uh, yes. And I told you like three times already. She goes back. Okay, well, let me see what's going on. She comes back to the table handing out the checks and says, um, are you missing something? This is literally the fourth time she's asked me. It's this been an hour. Minutes. It's been a solid hour now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I ordered it an hour ago. Yeah. So at that point, I had already decided that I was going somewhere else once we got back to the hotel. And she finally comes back and she says, well, sir, here's what happened. The runner took the thing to another table. So what we're going to do is I'm going to comp it off your off your ticket and then I'll get them to make it for you. And you can either take it to go or you can just sit here and eat it. OK, fine. She brings the ticket. It's still on the ticket. She's still trying to charge something for enough that we never got. And then she kept looking at me after we said, you need to remove it. She's like, why? So anyway. Well, uh, here's what they, here's what happened, Scott. And I, I don't know this is for a fact, but I'm pretty sure they came out with the pigs in a blanket. They saw you. And they're like, <laughs> no way in the world did this guy order pigs in a blanket. And they found, you know, the little eight-year-old girl that was playing bocce ball beside us? That she like, may this have must be it. hers. She must have taken it. That's what it, it was. Be hey, and she was playing bocce much better than I was. So she was. She was maybe she didn't, she earned it. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I didn't earn it because I didn't play bocce well enough. <laughs> Every restaurant we went to, we had to ask and make sure they had chicken nuggets for yeah. Scott. <laughs> I, I wanted chicken and stars, but nobody had soup. That was really the downside because that would have helped my uh, nose and everything. But one more stat that I want to point oh. out. That, All right, that get back serious. Making, well, I mean, let's be honest. If they didn't make fun of me, I'm going to do it. So I might as well go ahead and make fun of me and then everybody pile on. It's just, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. For the 41 hours we were together in the last two days, it was great. Had a lot of fun. Great time hanging out with all the folks there. Um, hard hat guys, all the families, players, everyone. We noticed at the end of the first quarter, I pointed out the stat that time of possession, Eight minutes and six seconds for UCF, six fifty-four for Duke. I said, I wonder if Coach Elko is looking up there right now. And sees the same thing I just saw. We were going to go to the fourth quarter. They had only had like six more 
uh, minutes of possession in the second and third quarter. Yep. That just told you right there how much Duke decided they were going to dominate the game and held the time of possession. And I will say this. I'll leave it on the table here. That's the one thing Duke needs to work on for next year. We need to get that killer. When we have the chance to go ahead and sweep the leg and take over the game, we got to get it. Now, there were some times where we were just inches away where they were blitzing and Riley's throwing off his back foot because he's trying not to get sacked. I understand that. And it's no fault to anybody. They played good defense. But that's something, if we're going to be a top 25 team, if we're going to be a championship-level team, we're going to have to be able to build Duke. But other than that, I'll take my nine and four. I'll be very happy with our military ball win. One more quick thing about uh, the all, all the festivities before the bowl. I got a chance to meet the Leonard family. Oh, yes. Um, most specifically, <laughs> Riley's mom. And, she and girlfriend. Nice. And, and girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, Riley's mom and girlfriend. They were super nice. And um, Riley's Jamie, mom, now, now for, uh, let's be honest. Because yeah. of the restraining order, Jamie couldn't get within 100 feet of him. So he yeah, I, I was going to say, actually, let's be honest. Let's let's just start the honesty part of this whole deal. As we're walking up the hill, Josh points out, hey, there's the Leonard family. So Josh and I and Brian start walking that way. I turn and look. Jamie is walking in the opposite direction. Like, hey, guys, like, we got to go. <laughs> just to but point man, out the truth of what actually happened. Security, security would only let Jamie to a certain spot. But, but you know, no, Riley's mom was super nice. She actually gave me a hug and said she she thought it was hilarious the uh, the dear Riley letter. And I think what was it? Riley's girlfriend even said that yes. Riley called her right like right after <laughs> after the whole thing. So that was that was hilarious. That was funny. They were super nice people. That's not what I really heard, Jamie. <laughs> I heard she gave you a hug and then she said, "Don't ever talk to my son again." <laughs> uh, will hey, call the cops. I don't know if we mentioned this either. And, and like I said, I missed five minutes. But I'm pretty sure that we were talking about doing another letter for someone else. And his parents were like, uh uh-uh, uh, please no. <clears throat> Dear no, Todd. Todd Polino. Yep. So Todd's our guy, man. We got Todd for three more years. Yeah, let's let Todd grow up a little bit before yeah. uh, Josh scares him. <laughs> I'm well, sure his gra- I'm sure his grandfather would be cool with it, but everybody else might not be. So well, speaking of top twenty five teams, I mean it wouldn't be a true Duke podcast without bringing out some stats about our opponent. Eight miles down the road, that community college, and Last I found it very. Straight. Yeah, I, I found it very interesting after I woke up and saw that they lost to the Quackers in the, uh, in the, San Diego. The the Ole Miss of the SEC, the ACC, yeah, pretty much. So Mac is officially back, folks, because <laughs> UNC has not won a bowl game since 2019 against Temple in the Military Bowl. This is the biggest stat that I found the most interesting, folks. Since 2004, so we're talking about Fedora, old six pack, Butch Davis. Uh, who else am I? Who else am I missing, fellas? Uh, Bunting was Torbush in that. Torbush was in there too. Yeah. So all four of those coaches, of five. Let's throw Mac in there too. Since 2004, UNC is three and ten in bowl games that they have played in. So. UNC fans, don't know what you're looking for. Don't know what you're expecting from Mac. I don't think the resurgence is there, but I say that and next year they could blow up. I, I just jinxed this. I did the Jamie jinx. Oh. But 
I mean, again, it's we could talk all night about the reaction to to the bowl win, but again, this is the perfect exclamation point for the first year with Mike Elko, and we're already looking forward to spring ball. We're actually looking forward to the schedule release to see what opponents fall on what dates. We talked about it in the preview show uh, leading up to the UCF game. We, If we can catch the team at the right time when it comes to schedules next year, there are some very winnable games in the ACC. And, and my UNC friend said this, Duke is not going to be taken lightly next year. Yep. Have you have we got your attention now, folks? Nor should they be. Yeah. And oh, what's his face saying that he can eat a hot dog better than Duke can play football? <laughs> so like I said on Twitter, my friend, you better work on those oral skills because Duke's here to stay. <laughs> At Jake Crean underscore. There we go. There we go. So well, uh, can I do one thing? Can we do one yeah. thing? I just I just I know we're gonna give a prediction. Let's yep. do that first. Let's 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 yeah. get our prediction winners, and then I got something for us to do to close out. Yeah. So uh, I didn't get. I, listen, folks, I don't remember the scores. Again, we weren't expecting to do this. We kind of called a hell mary at the last moment because all of you wanted us to come on. We really appreciate it. On Facebook, Mr. Mark Johnson was the closest score prediction winner on that one. He got Duke score on the nose, and then on Twitter, one Mr. Eric Elliott, who is a West Virginia and a UNC fan. He made sure that we knew that he won, and I double-checked. He did. Guys, he wants the shirt. Now, what he wants to do with that shirt, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I, I'm going to be driving by Eric's house to make sure he's not washing his truck <laughs> using our shirt right. as a rag. But, Eric, oh. Mark, congratulations. You've got a bleed blue shirt heading your way. We'll reach out to you once the episode drops. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, look, we, we're closing out just so you guys know our plans. We're going to take a little bit of time off. Um, spring ball is not not that far away. Um, we may do a couple of ep- episodes in the off season. If we do, it's probably going to be something like an interview, and there might only be one of us on that interview um, with maybe a player or somebody. Um, but then we as could, spring, go I'm sorry, we could do a quick schedule release reaction yeah, whenever that happens like too. That. Yeah, yeah. So whenever there's something to talk about, we'll be on. Um, and, and so that that's the plan. And then obviously. We'll do a big one uh, post spring spring ball and spring game. As soon as those things are announced, we'll get that prepped and ready next season. Our plan is to be on YouTube as well. And so we're going to take this to YouTube. We're going to release the full episodes on YouTube. Uh, we're also going to release clips from the episodes on YouTube small in smaller doses. Um, but here's what we've got to do next year. And I'm just going to say this. Guys, let me tell you what we're going to do first. I want you to be thinking of one person, just one, that you want to thank before we go. Just one. It can only be one. One person. It could be a player. It could be a coach. It could be somebody, just somebody Duke football related to give a final a final shout out to. All right? Um, so, But here's what we want to do. In order to do YouTube properly, uh, we'll just put it to you straight, guys. We're going to have to spend some money on some things to make sure if we're going YouTube we want to do it right. I believe every every single person who listens to this podcast knows that Justin, our producer, does awesome with audio. And he can do the same thing helping us with video as well. But video does have some restrictions as far as equipment, and we're going to need some things. And so all that to say, we're looking into a couple of different options, um, sponsorships being one of them. We had one sponsor this year. We, we plan on retaining that sponsor. Um, but we have openings for at least three additional 
sponsorships. And so those are at a $1,500 level or a $2,500 level. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you own a business, whatever it may be, um, please reach out to us and let us know that you're interested. The second thing that we're considering and we don't know about this yet, but if you have any feedback, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or whatever, is the possibility of doing a Patreon uh, type thing where we're just a small amount of money per month gets you on our Patreon list. We do some Patreon only um, events or different things, maybe live recordings with you guys, a part of it or whatever it may be. Uh, we're considering that. We're not sure. If you have any feedback about Patreon, you know, please let us know. We want to bring continue bringing you guys uh, Duke football content from a unique perspective, but we want to make sure we do it right. And so we're going to need your help in doing that next year. So I'll go first, guys. I'll put you guys on the spot. Um, thanking people. I'm not going to take Mike Elko. I'm not going to take Riley Leonard. I'm not going to take the obvious people. Um, my thanks, my thanks is to this guy. My thanks is to Big Wayne, the campaign. And here's why the energy that Big Wayne has brought to this program, not just this season, but last season as a redshirt sophomore to be named a team captain, to show his leadership during the coaching change, to come in this season and not just lead the team emotionally, but man, his stats backed it up. Uh, the quarterback hurries, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I got to give a shout out to Big Wayne. And not only that, uh, what is the uh, uh, the award that he's up for? The um, Aflac, what is the, I forget what, what the award is, but it's basically. It's like the, a man of the year award. Yeah, but it's his work in the community. And yeah. we know this ever since he's been in high school, now into his college career, he spends time in local schools. He gives back to the community. Um, he's an incredible young man. And I will say this, if you said pick a guy that epitomizes Duke and what the Duke football and Duke uh, student-athlete experience is all about, I'm giving you one name, and it's Dwayne Carter. So my shout-out and thanks is to, to Dwayne for pushing that Duke culture the way he does. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go next. And um, also mentioning Dwayne Carter, uh, Give, give his interview where he came on to our podcast. If you haven't listened to it, give it a listen because Dwayne is great. He's just he's just a great guy and a great, great, uh, great podcast host. He might take over for one of us one day. Uh, but hey, yeah. actually, he Do did. It. He just released. He has a podcast on YouTube. Yes, and I don't know the name of it, but he has a podcast on it's YouTube. It's on YouTube. So. Now, now, wait a second. Do we need to have Justin ready to queue up the breaking news with who Jamie's going with? Could be a shocker, guys. I if don't know. Any, if it was anybody but him, it would be breaking news. Yeah, it would be. And the most predictable gratitude <laughs> given, Jamie Holt. I'm going to go with not the not the giraffe, but the thoroughbred horse, <laughs> dear, dear Riley. Dude, what a great season from Riley Leonard. We didn't know what to expect coming in. Nope. We had no idea who the quarterback was going to be. There was a quarterback battle going into the summer. And then, you know, when when we found out and Coach Elko came and said we're moving, you know, Jordan Moore to wide receiver, uh, we knew Riley was going to be the guy. And Riley has been great all year. He has been a great um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just a great representative for the university. He's a great young man. He's, he's, he's awesome. Also, another shout-out for our podcast. If you haven't listened to the Riley Leonard interview, 
you need to listen to that because he's just awesome. He's a good sport with my with my dear Riley interview. What we've always what we're always joking about. He's just a great great kid, and uh, I could tell by meeting his family that he was he was raised right. Come from Alabama, he likes to fish, so you can't go wrong there. Um, and I, I I fully expect next year for him to take another step forward. I think it's reasonable to assume. <laughs> oh Lord. I think it's reasonable to assume the oh, Lord. It's a good thing we're not on YouTube right now. <laughs> uh it's reasonable to assume that he will take a step forward next year and have an even bigger year. And I think Duke is in good hands going forward. And and by the way, Riley, Jamie, mid forties, has a kid and is married. Just making sure you remember that. So you can tell your security staff next season when he's at the games. All right, Brian. Uh, I, okay. I'm going to be that guy. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go with Coach Elko. Because, listen, this program was in disrepair after the last two years. Not knocking the previous administration that was here. They did a lot for this program. They got this program to where it is right now as far as improvements to the stadium, everything like that. But that's not about that. It's about the here and now. One thing that I've realized about Coach Elko is this. It's never about him. There's no I in team. There's no I in Elko. Yes, Mike, but that's not it. Every time the team does something, he always goes and reverts to the staff. Anytime someone asks his thoughts about, hey, how does it feel to do X as a coach? Or how does it feel knowing that you did this as a coach? Does not care. And kudos to him. Because let's be honest, guys. There are a lot of coaches out there who want to take in all the accolades, talk about, well, if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't have happened. Or if I didn't, you know, bring in the staff, Coach Elko is never about that. It's all about the guys. When he won the ACC Coach of the Year, when Nina announced it at practice, he immediately turned it around and said, I would have gotten this if it wasn't for you guys. He deflects, but I'm going to say it right now. Coach, enjoy this. Enjoy this first year. Enjoy putting the naysayers to bed, enjoy reviving Duke football because without you, who knows where this found where foundation, where this team would be right now. We would, we would have still been there regardless of who they hired. But like Nina King said in the introductory press conference, we got our guy. And that is words have never been truer. And furthermore, on a personal note, he has embraced this podcast and this team 100%. There have been there's some coaches out there that could have said, nope, these guys aren't allowed. Don't want them here. But he, he has helped us get to where we are today, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be just talking with us, whether it be giving us news at practice, Josh thinking that we were going to be done, you know, when he came and talked to, to me and him that one practice – but he is a guy that sees that this program is at a certain point right now, but we can continue to grow. And that's the kind of coach this school needs. Someone who is not complacent with a nine and four season, a military bowl win. No, we want 10 wins next year, 11 wins, 12 wins. Let's go to the ACC title game. Heck, down the road, let's go to the college football championship playoff. That is so crazy for me to say. But after what we've done this year, when no one, not a single person, including any of us on this podcast, gave Duke a shot to be a real contender this year, he put all those to bed, 
and he really showed what the what he can do as a head coach. So, Coach Elko, again, thank you for taking a chance on this program to leave a very, very good job down at Texas A&M and got us to the promised land in your first season. All right, I'm done. Yep. Well, I want to follow – I mean, I could follow up all three of those and agree 100% solely on everything that was said. And, I, you know, I love all three people that we, we've talked about. Um, I'm going to go with maybe the obvious one. If you want to go down that road, I'm going to take David Feely. Yeah. Honestly, that may be the best hire that Coach Elko made. And let's be honest, after playing Duke football, I'm not sure a lot of those guys would agree with the uh, Instagram models comment that was made. But thank you for making that comment. Because he's had fun with it. Duke's had fun with it. And that's one of the many reasons why Duke just, they're okay with it. But he's done such a great job. His attitude is wonderful. The kids love it. I mean, 17, he, he is perfect for a 17 to 22-year-old um, high school kid, young adult. And he's done a great job. And you can see what the team has done and how it has transformed since December 2021 to where we're at here in December 2022. And I, I, you bring in the strength and conditioning coach, and you get kids that are willing to do whatever he says and believe what he says is going to happen and where you're going to get to to get to that quote-unquote promised land. Man, David Feely right now is that guy. And – you know, we, I think Brian said it earlier about uh, getting that checkbook out. Nina, get that yep. checkbook out. We need to keep Feely here on this team. And he does a great job in everything he does, too. He's not just a strength and conditioning yep. coach, he helps out a little bit with some other things. But, and he also, when he's on the sideline, he's one of those guys that keeps the vibe going. Now, you see some of the other strength and conditioning coaches in the conference and in the country on kickoffs and stuff, they're bouncing around like they're high on life. That's that's not him. He gets motivated. He gets everybody ready to go out there to do their job. And to me, that's what his position is. That's why he's there. So I am thankful for what Coach Feely has done so far this season. I'm looking forward to what we do in spring ball and then what we do in the summer to get ready for the second season there for Coach Elko as we go back out on the field. I, I'm just ready for Coach Feely to send us the Instagram model workout because I sure as hell yeah. need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's really cool. And I'm not going to follow up on everybody's, but about Feely specifically, another friend of our podcast stays in, t in contact with us. Um, and here's what I love about him. He is very serious and he takes things very seriously. But then on the other hand, he's very loose and he doesn't take it seriously. During the game, we would like catch his eye. Like, as he is, like, laser-focused on the game, he's also nodding and laughing about whatever's going on. Like, he's he's a really cool dude. And so, um, David Feely, man, um, is leaving a mark, not just on the Duke football program, but I believe on the lives of these young men uh, for for the rest of their lives. And so, shout out. So, here we go. We're going we're gonna to start to wrap up. This is the final episode of this season. 
this time sure? it really is. Are we, we are, are, sure. are we positive? <laughs> we are positive. We are sure. Um, so if you've not yet, go to our website, dukefootballtalk.com. There you can find our shop, Elko Era gear, turn the music up gear, $10 for every item that is turned the music up, gets donated to Mike and Michelle Elko's charity of choice, the National MS Society. want to encourage you to do that, as many of you already have done. Uh, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at Duke FB Talk on Instagram at Duke FB Talk on Facebook. You can just search Duke Football Talk, and we'll, you'll find our group there. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple, if we've earned it, would you give us a five star rating? Only if we've earned it. Um, press pause. Go give us a five star review and a rating. Ratings mean something. Uh, I'm sorry, reviews mean something more. Uh, for Apple. So if you'd leave us a, a couple sentences, that would be great. If you're on Spotify, you can rate us five stars there if we've earned it as well. So we want to thank you for your support. Brian, for the last time this season, Bleed Blue, 9-4, and four, Elko era, take us home. And go to hell, Carolina, go to hell. Uh, <laughs> look, whenever you listen, whether it be before or after New Year's, we hope you all have a happy New Year. And again, we're looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible next season for all seven home games if possible of Duke football. But until then, for Josh Cox, Scott Medlin, Jamie Holt, and producer Justin Sykes, I'm Brian Kennedy, and this has been another episode of the Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. Coach Elko, what should we do? Now turn the music off!